Hey everybody, David Kloniger with the Charleston uh, Post and Courier here, welcoming you to another edition of Countdown to Kickoff, uh, where we'll look at last week's game for South Carolina and uh, look forward to this week's game and also talk to a program great from the past. It's my pleasure to welcome uh, a four-year starter uh, for South Carolina, one of the hardest hitters I've ever seen uh, to make a tackle with South Carolina, Mr. Rashad Faison. Rashad, how you doing? Man, I'm doing great, buddy. Thanks for having me. No problem, man. Uh, let's go ahead and get right into it, Rashad. I mean, did you get to watch the East Carolina game uh, last week? What were your overall impressions of it? Um, I saw bits and pieces of it, um, but the part I, I was most overall impressed with uh, is, is the, the way everybody competed. And, uh, you know, throughout ball games, you're going to have, you know, some ups and some downs. And I think, you know, when they went down and I think they kicked their field goal, and uh, I said, now either one or two things are going to happen. Well, we're going to fold or we're going to fight back. And uh, I think we all seen the outcome of that. And, and I think that's the great re resolve that the new coaching staff brings to the table. That is a, a really excellent point, Rashad. You know, Shane Beamer has talked so much about creating energy and creating excitement and enthusiasm. And, you know, the game didn't start off that well. But when it ends and it ends in that fashion, you can just see that start to build and say, OK, I mean, they they were looking kind of ragged early, but the team refused to give up. Uh, they had some things go against them. Uh, some were self-inflicted, some weren't, but they found a way to get past them. So South Carolina's here 2-0. and uh, Now they're going down to play uh, the number two team in the, the country, the Georgia Bulldogs, on the road. Uh, Rashad, your first impressions of Georgia from what you've seen from them already this year. I mean, they're impressive. Uh, you know, you, you got to face the facts. They are impressive. Uh, but, but like anything else, you know, I've been a part of teams where no one gave them a chance. But at the end of the day, you know, only people that that matters out there Saturday is the guys in the garner and the black. And if they believe, you know, I think that's all that matters because at the end of the day, it comes down to exiting those, blocking and tackling. And if we do an excellent job at those things and not turn the ball over, anything can happen. Um, I remember a couple of years back, no one gave us a shot going into Athens. And I just, for some reason, I said to myself back then, I said, I think they're going to find a way to upset these boys tomorrow. And they sure did. So I, you know, being optimistic, believing in yourself and having the confidence and going and getting a dub is, is, is all, all a part of, you know, how you prepare during the week. So. That's Rashad Faison, as he did when he played here, calling his shots. <laughs> it can definitely happen. I mean, two years ago, I was pretty much in the same boat going down here thinking, oh, man, this, this is going to be ugly. Ryan Halinski gets hurt. You know, they got to go to their backup quarterback. But all of a sudden, it's like, hey, wait a minute. Why, how are they still in this game? And then all of a sudden, of course, Parker White's out there kicking the game when in field yeah. and Rodrigo Blankenship is missing his. So, yeah, <laughs> can always happen. Don't worry about the point spread. It can always happen. But uh, uh, thanks, everybody, for joining in. Uh, if you've got a, a question, just uh, file it in the Q&A uh, section uh, right under here. We'll get to it eventually. Uh, but let's get back to East Carolina a little bit, Rashad. You're a defensive guy. And the defense has played really good these past two weeks. What did you see out of the defensive or the defense overall last week at East Carolina and specifically the defensive backfield? Well, I think consistency. Um, you know, as a DB, you always got to be in the right place at the right time. And I'm a firm believer that if you start to play right, it can end well for you. But if you start to play wrong, you know, the, the, the outcome to that as well. So I really believe that they've been well coached. Um, mm -hmm. And I believe they're buying into the system. And half the battle is believing in the system. 
Um, knowing where you're going supposed to be and being where you're supposed to be is the number one thing on defense. And I think as you get to a point where the kids start believing in the system, you can only go up from there. Um, and just just being unselfish. Uh, and what I mean by that is, if if I'm supposed to contain the football, and I go self 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 recklessness and go inside, and the ball bounces, that's 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 an error. But it hurts mm-hmm. the whole team. So just being unselfish and being doing your job and doing the little things will make a big difference on each and every Saturday. And I think, you know, we saw that plenty of times on against East Carolina, and that's what it's going to take Saturday as well. You mentioned unselfishness and, and playing with passion while also trying to keep contained, Rashad, and that brings up uh, Cam Smith, the, the cornerback, playing great. He's playing absolutely terrific right now for South Carolina, but we saw at East Carolina he had some plays where it's like, Come on, man, you, you, you can't lower your head and hit somebody. You can't wolf at a guy on the sideline because it's going to end up hurting the team. Now, it didn't end up hurting them in the long run, but if you were coaching him, Rashad, what would you say to Cam Smith to say, hey, listen, love your passion, love your enthusiasm, love how you're playing, but you got to try to tamp down some of the extracurricular stuff. You know, it's it's, it's a weird thing because you got, you got some raw, raw guys and you got some guys that just play flat out play the game. Um, as a coach, what I would always tell my guys is that, look, inside the play, do what you got to do. After the play, they'll know. You don't have to say a daggum <laughs> word because they'll know they got the behind kick and you did and you out, you beat them on that play. So at the end of the day, you don't want to take a kid's spirit because that's how some people get motivated. But right. you got to find a way to channel it. And, uh, and once you do that, when you're the man, they'll know you're the man. You know, so that, and that's that's just kind of how you gotta approach that situation because kids nowadays are they're different. So you know, you gotta you gotta know who you're dealing with as a player close relationship. You know, some guys you can yell at, some guys you can't. So just channel it, you know, and say go, go play your, your tail off, and I'll love you and hug you later. But don't 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 cost the team because I won't you hug go. you and love you later. <laughs> so. Clayton White's defense has been really good these first two games, moving a lot, shifting a lot, coming at them with a lot of different looks. Uh, they've had numerous sacks on the opposing quarterbacks. They've had two straight games where they've had a defensive touchdown. And again, Rashad, you've had your share of these. How much of a boost and momentum does a defensive touchdown give the whole team when those happen? Oh, man. I oh, mean, you, you, you're talking – you're talking – it's equivalent to being a 14-point play in my book because mm-hmm. here's the thing. You take the pressure off the offense. You take the pressure off the kicking game as well. Um, an extra seven points, I mean, that's that's huge. You know, I remember back in the day when, when we were over in 11 and, and we would lose seven to seven to three or seven to ten. How big is a defensive touchdown? You know, us recovering the fumble or us returning for for a touchdown is the, is, is the, is the chance of us winning a ball game that year. So, you know, that, that boost that you give an offense – and knowing that your defense is going to put force on the board, it just gives them that much more confidence, man, because it becomes a team effort at that point. Gamecocks offense these first two games are shot. It's been kind of hit and miss. I guess the best thing you can say about them is they've got it done when they've had to. And you can't be any better than 2-0 and to start the season in two games. So they've done enough to get by, but there is some concern among other fans who've reached out to me about – hey, why why is this running game taking so long to get started? I mean, what's with the pass blocking? From a former player's perspective, Rashad, what have you seen of what the issues are offensively and how do you think they're going to get corrected? Well, I think think what what I've said for the last couple of years is this is where I would start, is is what is going to be our identity offensively? Um, I think that we want to run the football, 
but if we're going to run the football, run the football, you know, and then channel the passing game in and slowly, slowly bring it in, play action and what have you. But I think, you know, what people fail to realize about offense now is that defenses aren't just sitting back and lining up in one, one exact thing. I mean, so, so it's tough. I mean, I think the kids are fighting their tail off. And I think the thing with offensive linemen is you, they got to get to a point where they're starting to gel together. And I think we give it some time. We're two and no. There's no need to panic right now. So, you know, now with that being said, they're going to face a hell of a defensive line this Saturday. So if I think it's time to go, you know. And if you, you what happens though in most situations with kids like that and they're young, there's no time to think you got to just go play and do the thing that got you there. Be aggressive, be physical, and put a hat on the hat. And I think, you know, no one gave us a chance against Quincy Carter and those guys. But up front defensively, we knew we could handle them. And I think you just go play. You just go play, you know, and, and you try to do your best, the best that you can do every time out. And I think they'll be fine. I just, they just got to go compete. Yeah, that housing campaign ended pretty quick back in 2000. So. <laughs> we'll get to that a little later. But you, you do mention uh, playing Georgia and, and that defensive line. We all saw what happened when Georgia played Clemson uh, in Charlotte to start the season. Uh, a part of that, Rashad, I thought Clemson gave up on the run a little too early. They, they quit going to it. So as a defensive coach, you say, well, you're not going to run, then I'm just going to line up, send three and four at you and see if you can handle it. They obviously could not. Uh, Clemson's quarterback, DJ, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. I still have a master. Yeah. DJ went down seven times, and that's just going to really hurt you. And he also threw a pick six, which was the game's lone touchdown. So you see that, and you think, man, if Clemson's offensive line struggle that much, what's South Carolina's offensive line going to do? I don't know if it's an apples and oranges comparison. No pun intended. Um, but what do you think is going to be the key to say, listen, Zeb Nolan can't move back there at quarterback. They've got to keep Georgia off of them. How do you limit that? How do you limit the pressure on Zeb and try to get this running game and passing game going? Well, I think you, I think you got you to gotta neutralize the offensive line, obviously. But the thing is what you want to do with Georgia and people like Georgia and Alabama, their precedence is stopping the run. Um, we all know that, and they want you to get away from it. So, hey, hell, they know you're going to pass for two or three downs. That you're that you're out there, but I think what you do is you you got to run stuff off off tackle, um, mm-hmm. and, and I was always taught if you can't go around them, run straight at them, and uh, you know I, I remember back in how Alabama played Miami, and Miami was supposed to be so daggum good and fast, and I think this kid was Derek Elastic. He ran for almost two hundred some yards straight at him, and I think you know a lot of those a lot of those things that we do offensively, it's got to be short and quick. If it's passing game, get it out quick. I mean, it's frustrating as a defensive lineman. I get one or two steps up the field, the ball's gone. You know, so so those are the things you can do to neutralize neutralize the pass rush in a defensive from a defensive line st- standpoint. I also believe in trapping. You know, it's an old-fashioned play, and I know it's boring to everybody today's football, but a good trap block, let that defensive lineman come in the field and ear hold him, it goes a long way. So that's just my suggestion, but, you know, what do I know? I'm a defensive guy. <laughs> well, Rashad, it is one of those things that I think a lot of the frustration that's come out is when they're looking at USC's offensive sets, there's not run a lot of trap. There's not run a lot of power. There's not running a lot of trying to contain to the edge. It's like they're pass blocking for a run instead of trying to move and kind of shift the defense. Uh, they started doing that in the fourth quarter when they started running outside zone more against East right. 
right. guessing, which, go ahead. Which, which, which ended up working well. I mean, like yeah. I said, I didn't see a lot of it, but what I did see, they started running the ball that I think the last couple of drives pretty well to get a position to kick the field goal. And I think those are the things that you want to add to the cycle for this week because they're positive, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I think those things I'll tackle and to, to, to go back and hit on what you said about the pass set to run block. You know, a lot of people believe in the, in the position blocks now where you, you, you're not firing off the ball, hitting someone in the mouth, but you're, you're setting them up to get in a position to run outside of them. That's all fine and dandy. But when that guy's 355 pounds and you can't move him once he presses against you, that's different. So you got to try to create some leverage and try to get him blown off the ball early before those big, big boys get rolling. Absolutely. And uh, again, I'm talking with Rashad Faison here. Uh, if you've got a question for myself or for Rashad, feel free to submit it into the Q&A section. But looking at this Georgia team uh, offensively, Rashad, you know, they didn't do a whole lot against Clemson. And then they played UAB last week and it was the expected route. They're dealing with their own quarterback issues. JT Daniels is hurt. Uh, he could play, but it doesn't look likely. Stetson Bennett is probably going to start, and he has been practicing this week, but he's got a lower back injury. So kind of a QB uh, situation on each side of the ball, but Georgia's always going to have some really talented running backs, some really talented tight ends. So USC's defense has really got to be on call because if the offense starts out slow again, the defense has got to keep it contained until it has the chance to start working. I mean, I'm not profound here, but it's one of those – you don't want to have to keep being patient with the run if you're down 17 because it's just right. not going to work. So as a defensive guy, as a, as a defensive looking at it from a coach's view, Rashad, what would you look at with Georgia's quarterback situation and say, okay, I can exploit that. That's what we're well, going to do. I think you hit it right on the head. Um, if I'm looking at how, how we're going to be in the ball game defensively, Bennett is a guy who struggled. He's looked good sometimes. He looks terrible sometimes. So I think he's the he's the X factor in us staying in the ball game. They have talent at receiver, obviously. They have talent at running back. Everybody knows that. But we stopped the run pretty well. So let's contain the run. Let's put the ball in his hands. Let's see if he can win it. Because I don't believe that he's that good of a quarterback to win it. You know, and I know they're going to play great defense. So I think that's what you try to do. You try to stay in the ball game. You know, if it comes down to a possession or two in the fourth quarter, you're in great shape. And uh, that way you can still lean on the runner for offense. But I think defensively, we, we definitely need to attack him, show him a different mixture of things. Um, I don't believe that he can beat you just flat out with his arm. As right. long as we keep things inside and in front, I think we'll be fine. But we got to keep things inside and in front. Um, I don't – the depth may come into factor for us. And so, you know, with that being said, if the offense may not score points but sustain drives – you know, that way we're not on the field defensively, you know, for the 80 plays and stuff like that so they don't run out of gas. So It is one of those things, Rashad. You look at the recent history, and when USC has beaten Georgia, it's been because they've been able to run the ball well. Now there is kind of an asterisk in there. Running the ball well for three of those meant they had Marcus Lattimore, and he was right. the ball well. And certainly Kevin Harris has got some Marcus Lattimore tendencies, but he didn't really get loose last week. Juju McDowell did. Uh, but and they've at least got a lot of guys to throw at Georgia. So how much is a key of keeping that running back rotation fresh, always having a, a fresh rested set of legs to throw at Georgia? How important is that going to be on Saturday? Oh, it's going to be very important. I think what you what you got to do, though, is you, you, you got to start the game 
and, and knowing you got a rotation. But if, there, if there's a guy who gets hot, he's get hot, you know. But you also know you got to go back on and depend on the other back, that's the other couple of backs that you have because I think earlier in the – or late in the game, you know, on East Carolina, one of the guys, I can't remember who, someone laid the ball on the ground. Well, that's huge. Mm-hmm. We got to hang on to the football because if you're going to pound it 20 to 25 times a game, it cannot be a fumble, you know. And so and so that's what you want to do. You want to start to lean on Georgia. Hey, a lot of those big guys, they can't play that long. So let's let's see let's see where their stamina is for the for the ball game as well. Cause I mean we're still in Florida, we're still in uh in the South. So you know anybody can run out of gas. It ain't just, just gotta be South Carolina's defensive front. So two factors that also could come up here, uh sports fans, and one is the USC Georgia series. It's almost always close. Uh, Rashad, when you played Georgia, uh, I believe you lost by 15, one by five, one by six, and lost <laughs> four. So it's yeah. kind of that one possession game outside of that yeah. one as a freshman. So you look at that and think, okay, if, if USC can get this in the fourth quarter and it's a three-point game, maybe even a 10-point game, they probably got a shot, and they do have a kicker in Parker White. The problem is you got to get to that point. What's the most important part of trying to get to that point? And, you know, not just keeping Georgia off the, the um, scoreboard, but saying even if you don't score, if you can take 10 minutes off the clock by running the ball, how are you going to be able to do that? Yeah, because, I mean, history in the past, the Georgia South Carolina series, you're right, obviously always been close. Um, the, thing I, the thing that I think, you know, like I said, sustaining your drives, obviously, you know, if you take to a seven, eight-minute drive, that, those are always great. Um, and I think what seems to happen to Georgia in that perspective is Georgia's always been that team for me that's always underachieved. They've had mm-hmm. hell of athletes, but they've never gotten over the hump. And so when they get to a point in the fourth quarter, I always feel like South Carolina has their upper hand because they'll fold. And they the, the doubt starts to set in is what Coach Holmes would always say. And sure, and, and, it's, and it's proven over the years, anybody who's played Georgia's close, they end up winning the ball game because Georgia ends up, I don't know if they fight amongst each other or what have you, but for some reason they always lose those games. So, you know, I think, you know, obviously playing great defense, stopping the run, um, putting the ball in Bennett's hand and making him beat you. And then uh, when we get opportunities to make plays on special teams, I think that'll be huge for us. Um, I really believe that we got a, we got a great special team unit, which I know that's cliche because we got a Beamer in, in the front office now. <laughs> But uh, his dad was so great at that. But I, I really believe those are the things that will allow us to get to the fourth quarter and be in great shape. Rashad brings up an interesting point, folks. Never underestimate Kirby Smart's ability to screw up a championship try. And I didn't say that. Man. Talent, <laughs> that's me saying it. But George's got a lot of talent. They, they could end up being there at the end of the year. But you look at 2018, second and twenty six. You look at 2019 when they're playing in the SEC championship, they're down a score and they're going to punt from midfield. And all of a sudden here comes quarterback, mobile quarterback, Justin Fields on onto the field. And I'm like, what's he doing out there on punt? Oh, they're going to fake it. So if I knew it, you better believe Alabama yeah. knew it. And, yeah. they knew it. and two years ago, you lost to a four South Carolina team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Number three in the country. Absolutely. So, <laughs> these things can always happen. And of course, that gets us into my favorite part of these programs, Rashad. Let's talk about your career at South Carolina and let's start with Georgia. Uh, you were two and two against them. Of course, 99, rough year, you know, 0 and 11, but you guys are building. 
Only lost 21 to 10 that year. But then came 2000. If you guys don't remember, USC played New Mexico State in the opener. They beat them, tore the goalpost down. And then Georgia had a quarterback named Quincy Carter, who was Heisman Trophy candidate. And Rashad, I'll let you take over from here for all the folks there. What happened against old Quincy in 2000? Well, I, I remember during the week, uh, Coach Gutekis was our DB coach at the time. And he came in in a meeting, and he was – I've never seen a guy like that. He's a Connecticut guy, you know, Italian guy. So you don't really get those emotions like that. But he was pretty emotional. And uh, he looked at Sheldon, Sheldon, Andre, and I, and he's like, they, they, they really think they're going to beat us. And, and I just I just remember that day seeing a tear come out of his eyes. He said, they don't believe in you, but I do. And I knew from that point we were going to beat the dog crap out of them. And at the end of the day, um, I think, you know, what, what happens is, like I said, you got to believe in yourself. But knowing that the coaches love you and give a damn about you, that means more to you than anything. So when you go out there on Saturdays, those type of things make or break you. Um, I got a long-standing relationship with all those coaches. Uh, still talk to uh, Coach Roberts, obviously, uh, Dave Roberts, Gutekis, Chris Kosh. I mean, when you have those relationships with those people, and it's twenty years like it's twenty years that have gone by, and you guys still talking the phone. That that lets you know that when we got a chance to go out there and beat somebody, then I guess what that guy can go feed his family. You know, mm-hmm. and so as a kid, you don't really think about college kids thinking about that. But, oh, yes, sir, you do, you know, because that means it means that much to you. So, well, yeah. Uh, if you guys don't remember, USC beats Georgia on the strength of five interceptions off of Quincy Carter. Don <laughs> had one of them. Rashad, what do you remember about that play? And I, I forget the order of them, but did you have the second? Or the third pick, which which number was it? Nah, I, I think I had uh, I think I had the third or fourth, but uh, okay. yeah. I, what I think was Andre Goodman picked him off the pick six, and I remember seeing that one. And I'm like, oh, shit, we're gonna beat him, <laughs> you know. And so <laughs> we, we, we go through the game, and I think um, um, we did a quarterback spy, Dennis Quinn, an old Georgia native. He's from Washington, Georgia. He picked him off twice uh, on the same exact defensive call, by the way. And uh, old Quinn took it down, and then um, and then I think um, Kenny Harney either tipped the pass, and then Andre tipped it again, and I just remember just diving like my eyes were huge, and I was like, oh shoot, the football! And I got underneath it and made the play, and I, I pretty much knew we sealed the game at that point. But uh, man, I that that was one of the best feelings in the world, just because no one gave you a chance, and you know it's the cliche, the underdog, and all that stuff, but when you actually get to, to live it out one one Saturday, it's probably one of the best feelings you ever have. And that, of course, you guys end up having a great season, go eight and four, win the Outback Bowl. The next year, you got a really good team coming back, but you got to go down to Athens to play the Bulldogs early in the year. Defensive struggle. What do you remember about that game until the uh, lead taking touchdown? What I remember about that game was I played terrible no uh, like i'm like no but i mean i think and you made second team all sec that year how bad could it be? that game i played terrible <laughs> no but uh no you got to be your own worst critic but uh no I, re- I remember that game being like a like you said a grudge match it was kind of like a heavyweight fight you know they weren't good enough to beat us and they knew it 
But when we didn't go in there and fold, because normally in Athens we, we we catch a hard break somewhere during the game, we just kept kept fighting. And uh, I remember saying to Brewer, I said, if we get you guys the ball back. Yeah, I said, you guys go win the damn game. And uh, he and he he looked at me. He said, I got you. And you know, that's Brewer. You know, that's the confidence that we played with. And uh, you know, I just remember being in practice that week and and Brian Scott just making all kind of hell of a catches. And I said, damn, how fitting it was for him to throw the ball up, Petty to throw the ball up and Brian Scott come up and, and serve him like he would always say in practice, I'm going to serve you. <laughs> and he served him up a, a nice a nice touchdown right there to get us the dub at the end, man. And, I, you know, those are the games that you know, like we talked about East Carolina. Those close games, if you can pull those out, you're starting to build on a great thing because mm-hmm. the close game is going to mean way more to you than the blowouts. Because you, you're going to have resolve, you're going to have adversity, and how do you fight back and, and come out victorious? It doesn't matter how pretty it is, a win is a win. If you're just joining us, uh, yeah, I mean, talking about Brian Scott's touchdown that day, you look at the play and you're like, how did he even get that? I swear he took it out of the defensive back hands. <laughs> Phil Petty threw it right to the spot. I thought it was picked, but all of a sudden, Brian's stepping out of there with it, and I thought, oh, okay. And then uh, USC got an interception to win it. Uh, was it Jeremiah Garrison? I think Jeremiah picked him off. Yeah. 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 He ran in front of the pass, and USC had a two-game winning streak over Georgia. And Rashad, not to, to bring up a, a bad memory, but we do got to talk about it. It should have been three straight in 2002. Oh, yeah. We ain't going to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it. <laughs> I mean – Look, I'm I'm just gonna mention it, but this is the work the hardest part about the David Pollock play. If USC had done everything it was supposed to do, it would have been just another play. It would have been a, a good play and a loss. But because what happened happened on the goal line and Andrew Pennant couldn't handle that pitch and well, he lost. It was what are the feelings as a team after that, Rashad, where you you know that you had it, and it just oh yeah, we 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 clearly let it get away. People want to say, "Oh, it was a rain delay." Oh, it, what it comes down to is, you know, we got to make more plays. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you got it's the be- one of the best defensive ends in the country. We don't lay a hat on it. My buddy Watts probably gonna kill me for this because he was one, <laughs> and I picked on the after this whole time. I was like, man, you got that guy drafted, man. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, uh, but no, I mean, you know. It's his play. I don't – I still just shake my head on why we don't hand him the ball instead of pitch the damn ball to, to pin up. But, hey, you know, though, I'm not a I'm not a coach, and I don't get to be criticizing what they call whatever. But at the end of the day, it hurts because, you know, we we, we, we were a better football team than them, and we could have won the game. And, um, you know, plays that's, – that's exactly what can happen Saturday if you're not careful. You just got to make them. You got to make the best of the play every play, you know, and if, if you can minimize your mistakes, you give yourself an excellent chance to win. I mean, you know? that's the the frustrating thing. David Pollock could make that same play again if you locked him on the field all night. I mean, he, right. no way, but it just happened. And you feel so bad for Corey Jenkins, who was in on that play, and then for Andrew Pinnock, who fumbled the, the pitch at the goal line at the end. What do you remember about talking to those two guys, not only after that game and then the rest of the year, Rashad? Just well, try- I mean, I, I never – me and Corey are great friends, and I never really looked at him any kind of way because if you're you're a quarterback and you're setting the throw the ball up, we got to get some on the offensive line. I mean, you just got to block the guy. You know, as far as pin up, 
again, known to have great hands, doesn't fumble the football, you know, in his career. I don't think he fumbled a lot at all, but he he's a bruiser. So I, I just don't know why we're pitching it to him, you know. Yeah. I didn't see <laughs> Jerome Bettis get many pitches, you know. They hand him the ball. So, you know, it, you know, but that's me and Coach Hope. You know, we got a good relationship, and I never question anything like that. It's just, you know, one of those things where I know they felt bad because – they work their ass off. I mean, you yeah. know, if I if I had to say anybody outworked me, it would be one of those two, you know. And so at the end of the day, you know, you feel bad for them, but hell, I lost too. So, you know, they 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 bleed, I bleed. You know, that's the way I've always played the game. So, great talk today, Rashad. One last question for you: What's your prediction for South Carolina Georgia this Saturday? What's the final score going to be? Well, I'm hoping we keep it close. So I'm going to say 21-24. And uh, hopefully that good-legged kicker, South Carolina, can knock one through. It has happened before. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, we'll be back with Countdown to kickoff next week. This has been really fun to do, so be sure to tune in next Thursday at 1 o'clock. And if you want to check out my newsletter, it's at postandcourier.com backslash Gamecocks now two-week free trial, and it's per I'm going to be giving you all the inside information for what's going on at practice, injuries, and, you know, uh, Gamecocks in the NFL, anything you could want. So be sure to check that out and email me at dkloniger at postandcourier.com if you got any questions. Again, my guest has been Rashad Faison, USC Safety from 1999 to 2002. Rashad, thanks so much for joining me here, and we'll see all of you guys down in Athens on Saturday. You got it, buddy. Thank you. Take care. You too, buddy.